This week's episode is part two of two uh, in our conversation about Teenage Nation. This conversation picks up right where the last one left off, but it uh, is a pretty natural break from the last conversation, so if you missed last week's episode, you'll be able to follow along pretty easily. Thanks very much for listening. You know, so what are the consequences? So, you know, we, we have, we've clearly laid out kind of our bona fides for all the ways that we were, you know, nerds and geeks and sort of marginal cultural consumers, um, when (laughs) we were adolescents, but Uh you know, what is the consequence of that extended adolescence that you identified with? You know, I, I had sort of, you know, I kind of was gesturing towards, you know, like the new Republic and sort of the people that are writing Uh a lot of art. Uh, uh, describing our cultural moment right now and sort of the things that they have to say. That was a like, good what, catch, by the way. That's well, a good observation. Like, what does that mean for us as a country right now? Like grappling with the things that we're grappling with. I also, uh, so the thing I was gesturing towards earlier with um, some of my thoughts were I was curious about this notion of a man and the notion of a woman, right? Mm. How do you become an adult in this culture? So you take a course called adulting and that's how you begin. (laughs) And it is so boring. (laughs) It is so boring and they don't tell the truth. Um, So I was years ago, I couldn't find this article for this talk. It was a time magazine article that Toni Morrison did on the eve of her um, book paradise. It was just released. And in it, she was talking about, um, the book, of course, but also the um, at this time, this is the demonization of the teenage mother. We go in and out of that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and this is the, the late 80s moment. It's teenage mm-hmm. mothers. They're destroying the world. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. just refused to. Morrison just freaking refused to bow down. And she kept going, well, that's not really the problem. The problem is that we don't have a culture that supports that. The problem is this, and she just kept on, you know, going at it. And I was like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing for us to rethink how we manage ourselves. And 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 Stevie, the smart ass, oh, so one of she says is and teenage pregnancies, this is the um the reviewer, I mean the interview, and she go and Morrison goes, Everybody's grandmother was a teenager when they got pregnant. Whether they were 15 or 16, they ran a house, a farm, they went to work, they raised their children. Mm. And then She goes, the child's not going to hurt them. It's absolutely time consuming. But who cares about the schedule? What is this business that you have to finish school at 18? They're not babies. We've decided that puber extends to what, 30? When do people stop being kids? And that resonated in my brain ever since I read that piece. I was like, well, how do I become an adult if I don't get married or go to the military or I'm in a relationship or start college? What are these things I'm gesturing towards? I feel like the extended adolescence has a lot to do with capitalism in terms of marketing towards a certain kind of have fun all the time um that has a lot to do with a lot of hip-hop a a lot component Mm. of hip-hop and pop music deals Mm. a lot with just having fun all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i think oh i'm sorry no no, please oh no just say i think the last point i was making i probably probably ever made it or whatever and not that great is that i think that adolescence that extended adolescence points to a crisis that isn't because there used to be men and women, women and men back way back when. It's just that mm-hmm. how do we define it now so that we become more evolved and more thoughtful, and rather than yeah. just be consumers or just be pleasure seekers, right? Having a pension doesn't make you an adult, or having kids, no. or getting married. None no, of it. No, no, it's true. I mean, so 
those are social markers and uh they're not totally meaningless though i, I wouldn't go that far True. with it because well, that's, because they, saying they're, they're yes. simple mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know it, it's fair i don't think you are mm-hmm. and, and um but you know you had asked you know what makes someone an adult you know mm-hmm. and it what it reminded me of is the it's an older book, but uh, Daniel Levinson was um, you know, wrote this book called The Seasons of a Man, uh, uh, Seasons of a Man's Life, and then I think he did one for women too later, where he marks these like stages of life and sort of like when do you become an adult? And he actually finds sort of um, kind of psychobiological markers for these things, like right around mm-hmm. age of twenty, right around age of forty, and that, that, that these are these are cultural universals uh, around the. This is like the time when you know, and there's a range of when people make the gesture towards adulthood, people make the gesture mm-hmm. towards middle age, and and there are consequences, and it's a crisis. It's always a crisis. You know, midlife crisis is a very mm-hmm. common uh, thing to talk about. Yeah, but there's an adolescent crisis as well, which is. We are transitioning from the childhood world into the adult world. And the primary crisis there is is one of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are mm. you t- – the, the difference between an adult and an adolescent is that an adult takes full responsibility for the world that they inhabit. Now, qualify, mm. qualify, 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 qualify. Of gotcha. course, obviously, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things around that. But, but that – and I – I do buy that, like as far as as mm. an, it, it kind of interacting with people, mm. um, you we probably all have people in our lives, whether they're family members, close friends, distant associates, that that it always seems to be something, right? There always seems to be some reason, something that they can't figure out, something that doesn't quite come together. The train. They're never quite getting to the train on time, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And and that that inability to get to the train on time and take responsibility for getting up earlier, to use a really simplistic analogy, is the difference between an adolescent and an adult. And an adolescent's like, well, mom, why didn't you wake me up? And adult's like, okay, I'm going to get my ass up and, and, and get there and do that. And, and And sort of like, you know, sort of, writ large extended out over a variety of areas of responsibility and and that is precisely the crisis that we do have right now in America i think is that we we do not feel culturally on a cultural level a sense of responsibility for the world that we inhabit and the world that we have made and why one of the reasons why we reach we reach for such easy satisfactions on social media, etc. Mm-hmm. I do think the capitalism thing is a valid observation. I mean, we market to these people, right? But some of mm-hmm. that's around pleasure and some of it's because it's easier, right? Like it's nice oh, yeah. when someone makes you a sandwich and feeds you a sandwich and you don't have to get up and go to the grocery store and make your own damn sandwich. Absolutely. So, you know, so like the culture is doing that. And of course that is an, there, there is an economic motive there for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I was kind of going on for a while. And I, I'm sure so, so I want to jump in and say one of the things that helps people get a grasp on becoming an adult, moving from adolescence is particular rituals, particular mm. signposts, yes. right? And, Perhaps one of the problems that we have with U.S. American culture is that the rituals are engaged in sporadically and they don't have as much sort of signpost power as they might have. So I'm thinking of, I actually 
did a little bit of research yesterday and last night. Um, there are particular things, though, that actually are moments or activities by which or through which we do take on greater responsibility. Dri mm -hmm. Driving, voting, mm -hmm. sex. I'm not sure about that one. Well, it tends to happen around the later teenage years, though. I mean, depending on where you are and how you are. But, but my point is... When I think it happens really early for a lot of people in a lot of parts of this country. Okay, fair, fair enough. But what I, what I think what I'm getting at is that that's one of the sort of markers in that, in that when you do have sex with someone, you do take on some responsibility. You take on some responsibility for someone else's body, someone else's pleasure, someone else's feelings. Um, I probably would quibble with you on that, but please continue. I'm going to quibble with them on it. Later, for sure. Okay, but I think that with these things driving, you definitely t begin to take on responsibility for other people on the road, for your own vehicle, you know, mm -hmm. for safety of pedestrians, voting, you're taking on some responsibility there. Um, mm -hmm. And then there are other ones like that are kind of mm, uh, difficult for me to place, like drug use like drug use there is it might be an actual abdication of responsibility but you are putting something at risk with drug use depending on what kind of drugs we're talking about uh, maybe i should say illicit drug use so you know shooting up heroin is 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 mm. is taking a profound risk um um mm. But then, so, but, I, but then there are also yeah, physical sorry. things that are gendered, like menstruation. I mean, that tends to happen for women, girls, women in their teenage years. That's biological, though. Yeah, but but there's still there's still a moment when that person then has to take on responsibility for like for themselves, right? So like they don't show up like with mm. blood oozing through their genes, like that. That there's a way mm. in which they have to become mindful of themselves as a a member of a community and having a certain kind of okay. what's the word responsibility within the community to, okay. to responsibility to show up and look a certain way right um mm. so so these things i think all kind of are in the mix around mm -hmm. um around but they're not rich they're not ritualized though in america well Mo driving anymore driving can, Any used to be maybe voting maybe yeah you're right it is not ritualized in a way that they, they might have been yeah that's true that's true yeah mm. so wait a minute why i, mean, I do go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead no no please please, please. well why do you guys want to quibble with me about sex being not not response uh, taking on the responsibility of somebody else's body or pleasure or some feelings steven go <laughs> <laughs> so no i'm still with um still in your rituals that's like so what are the rituals like, so this is the problem is that we don't have really many anymore right i didn't think right. yeah right. i didn't think that's yeah. that's the i mean which i actually thought is where you were going with your observation stuff like i actually because i think that's exactly right and i think that's really poignant is that we don't mm -hmm. have really clear markers of adulthood anymore like right. i i know that in the in the First half of the 20th century, boys didn't wear pants. Right. Like it was right. like you you didn't start to wear like full length pants. Like you wore shorts all the time. You didn't start to wear full, full length pants until until you were like a teenager, and it was a sign of right. becoming an adult. Um, and certainly when we were younger, I know it was a thing. I mean, I didn't have sisters, but I, you saw it in the cultural sort of 
productions at the time, like a a, a mom taking a daughter to go buy her first tampons right. and stuff like that. Right. Like that sort of mm, right. that that had kind of a ritualized sort of feel or flavor around it. Right. But uh, I think we don't. Uh-huh. I think we don't really have hardly any markers right. anymore. Right. No vision quest. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know that my kid is going to really be mad at me. It, he probably oh, okay. will ever listen to this, but I'll say, but I, I sat say, him wait, down wait. to talk about sex and yeah. I had, I had <laughs> maps <laughs> and charts <laughs> and I was like, and this is you and this is her. He laughed through the whole thing. He could not stop laughing. I was like, well, I, pay attention to this, Andre. I'm going to give this to you. I'm sure they ended up under his bed or in the garbage or somewhere, but I was trying to prepare him mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask him, cause we've been talking a lot lately. I'm going to ask him, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And what did you get out of that? Because we were mm-hmm. trying to give him something, mm-hmm. you know, something. How old was he? He was, let's see, we, 80s, and we're sitting, so this is early 90s, early 90s, yeah. So how old was so he? So how old, how old was he? In the Andre 90s? was, so he was born 85, then he would have been about, no, that couldn't have been, because he wasn't 15. So, no, 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 15. It had to be 80s then. Okay, so when is he, okay, 85... 95 he would be 10 right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it had to be that can't be right was i talking to this kid at six years no no it couldn't have been uh, he, he was dean a is seven and i started talking to dean about like sex a couple I, I, nights ago trying to explain to him what it what it was really? i think it was maybe mm-hmm. seven i think it was not maybe seven or eight because I know where we were, and I remember being in my bedroom, because we sh- Andre and I shared a bedroom, it was at the two-bedroom apartment. I mean, yeah, and Carla had the, uh, she stole the big one. And so Andre and I, and I remember sitting on the bed and coming home and telling him about this stuff. He was about nine. That's what he was. He was around Okay, nine. okay. Yeah. yeah. Why we wanted are you guys, to try to prepare him. Why are you guys talking to these kids at nine? Seven and nine years old about Jamaican, Jamaican man. Jamaican man. <laughs> Jamaican man. Do you think that the world's not telling them about sex? Okay, yeah. Okay, so, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, so Dean's <laughs> almost, I don't say it self, I don't say it self consciously, but just mm-hmm. because there is a significant difference, he's going to be eight in a month. And there's a big mm-hmm. difference between early seven and late seven. So, okay. Um, okay. he's, you know, it, it's a little early for him, but he was asking the question. And so okay, I'm not okay. going to like, what kind of question? At, well, he was asking like basically how a woman gets pregnant. Okay. He was like, cause we have like, it came up, he heard overheard uh, my oldest son having a conversation about something. Uh, someone had recently gotten pregnant and he was like, well, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. If you can articulate the question to me, I'm going to answer the question as honestly as I can I, mm-hmm. at that, at his, at his level. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, mm-hmm. so, and he's, right. so mm-hmm. you know, and I, I wasn't, I didn't go into a lot of detail, but it gets weird fast mm-hmm. because yeah. like, so like, well, wait, pee comes out of my penis. Right. Like, something else right. comes out of my penis. Right. When does that happen? Right. What is that? Mm-hmm. Does it hurt? Right. No, it feels good. If you, it feels good. Do you spray it on your wife? Like, <laughs> 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 Sometimes, right? Right. We're talking about right. Dean. <laughs> right, right. You should just give him the Wii magazine and, and be right. done with it. Right. Here's so, Wii. <laughs> so you know, like for for you know, oh my god, for me that it is a real problem that we do not have clear markers of adulthood yeah. in mm-hmm. in our culture i mean it's it, there's a real psychic toll that is that is being paid 
by this generation and then thereby the generations that surround them because they are subjected to just the natural progression of power that happens. So you end up putting children in charge of things. And yeah. I really do I really do feel like when you look at cultural productions right now, it is it is clear to me that for the most part adolescents are in charge of cultural production. Look, look at the Trump administration. I mean, honestly, sure. they, are, of course. they are cartoonishly evil, but they would be much more effective at being evil if you didn't have these freaking adolescents. I mean, they make mm. just stupid, just stupid mistakes. Like, what I'm trying to think of what, what, what a, a good Press example Press releases with names spelled wrong. Right. Um, like, right. You know, things that weren't being checked. And yeah, you could just go down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Putting, right, just right. Like suggesting or putting up for cabinet positions, people that they haven't vetted and they realize at, at, after putting them up for the cabinet <laughs> position that they have a, a, a laundry list of racist tweets in their background. Like what? Like, wow. Yeah, that. So that's, and then they're that's, eviscerated in front of a, um, a a hearing committee, right. and everyone goes, "Why was this person?" The, right. the press gets to the nominee faster than the White House can right. vet them. Right. So that's you know, that's or, about adolescence. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely about some a kind of arrogance and laziness and uh, 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 an entitlement. Un- yes, and an unwillingness to do their due diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be clear, this is this is a a virulence that is shot through both sides of the political spectrum right now. Okay, I mean it is Fair it enough. is so. I think those are all your your right to call out all those things in the Trump administration. I mean, Trump is the ultimate adolescent. Mm. Right? He does not have he does not take responsibility for, for anything. anything. Right. Like literally, not even the thing he just said. It was the demo- right. the, the yes. Democrat. You know, the Democrats made me do it. The Democrats made me do it. Right. You know, far left. it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> the far left Antifa. You know, so like, so he is at, he is the ultimate for sort of personification mm-hmm. of uh, the sort of rightward adolescence, white nationalist rightward adolescence. But he is being met blow for blow by a a left leaning reflexive adolescence on the progressive left mm. right now mm. in the media, like, and Tell on me. social media. So, How so? Give me some examples. I'll get, I'll, so I think the way that um, the coronavirus is being written about and talked about in the mm-hmm. media is uh, is a dereliction of duty for for the, the press and the media in this country. So, I mean, I have to say, I, I hate to, I don't hate to, I, I, I draw on it to make a point. Mm-hmm. You know, Rush Limbaugh very famously calls the media the drive-by media. And, and that is in, I mean, sometimes you have to listen to the people that, you know, are, are your sort of political and intellectual enemies because sometimes they're telling mm-hmm. you something that's true. And mm-hmm. he is right about that. that I so, agree with that, but he's also one of them, which cracks me up. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> of, co- like of on, course he is. Of, cor- of course he is. Of course he is. Absolutely. And it is good to listen to your political enemies because you can get too comfortable. Yeah. You can get too yes. comfortable thinking that your position is right without weighing all of it. But this is the fast pace. That's another thing. I was thinking about how technology gets to people. It's very fast. It's very quick. And the attention it takes for you to read a book, like, the, you know, if you sit down and try to watch a um, Ingmar Bergman film, are you on your phone at the same time? Are you watching those slow scenes? Yeah. I think so. I, but I want to get back to what you're saying about um, beat blow by blow that the left is hitting at the right, because 
yeah, there's dynamics in there that obviously are are um, complicated. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'll Holding give, I'll someone give you, accountable. Uh, isn't I'll, I'll give I'll give you. Uh, it's not about the Trumps. It's it's. I'll give you an example. Right. Uh, uh, so a very concrete example. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, if you were to read the Washington Post or the New York Times, which I consider, you know, sort of your most, re- I would have previously considered your most, even though they get it wrong, you know, plenty yeah. of times, but the most sort of, they're the most sober. Um, news organizations in the country, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or were. Um, if you were to read them, you would come away believing that the idea of herd immunity is a fringe, uh, radical, nutty idea that only mm-hmm. crazy conservatives believe. However, herd immunity is the absolute baseline understanding of what needs to happen in a society for it to move past pandemics. This is what Mm -hmm. all epidemiologists believe and study. Herd immunity can be reached by a variety of means. One way is a vaccine. A vaccine is a shortcut to herd immunity. What you are doing is you are accelerating the the herd's immune response. Mm -hmm. But to talk about herd immunity as if it's totally wacky is mm-hmm. a complete abdication of responsibility by the reporters that people, mm-hmm. these newspapers and magazines. It's just not honest. It's bullshit. It's not true. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and I don't believe, I mean, they have the time to pursue these things because yeah. that's what they're paid to do. And I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, sorry. I just think, I, I want to say that I think there's a kind of, I don't know what the word is. It may be that there is a, unspoken, a tacit agreement that these news organizations are making to to talk about or approach the notion of herd immunity in the way that they do, because ultimately to be the adult in the room and to speak to um, readers and viewers as if they are adults, they would have to say something like this. We don't have a vaccine a certain percentage of us are going to die before we do. The best we can do is is ins- is insist on some safety protocols. But even with them in place, what's likely going to happen is there's going to be an increase in death toll up until blah, blah, blah percent. And until the pandemic sort of sweeps through the population or we develop a vaccine, this number of people are likely going to die. I don't think that they're. I don't think that they're willing to do that, and I don't think that people are willing to hear that. Okay, and, so and that's that why. Oh, why is it Please. because we're not adults? <laughs> yes, thank you, Stephen. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. So they are the children are treating the adults like children. Like you don't Ooh. get to make you don't get to make that judgment as report. Your you your your, your fucking line. job. Yeah, mm-hmm. your job is to report the news factually or as close to factually true as you as you are able. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's messy and difficult. Mm-hmm. But on this topic, it is not messy. It might be messy, but it is not difficult. Lots of countries in the world are having this conversation. And mm-hmm. so you you it, they are infantilizing the American populace because they themselves are infants and are not able to deal with the consequences of living in a complex society. But but what I want to say that's of a piece with the ways that the news, mm-hmm. news legacy news media has long been infantilizing the um, American, the U.S. American public. I mean, 
I just think I think 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 back to nine eleven, right? Mm. Ooh, you don't have to. Uh, yeah, you don't right. have to think. Here's the anniversary, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anniversary today. Yes. And 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 remember um, George Bush saying, um, you know, we're 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 going to take the the battle to them. We're going to uh, the people mm-hmm. who who hit us. Mm-hmm. We're going to hit back just twice as hard. Right. That sort of thing. Um, all that jingoistic fervor around. Yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the ways that. That his speeches were reported at the times were completely, were also completely irresponsible because they didn't call him on the fact that what he was, the people he was supposedly hitting back at didn't have much to do with the 9-11 attacks, right? So the, the, there was the, plenty of reporting against that, though. There was. there was plenty of reporting against this. There was. You could mm-hmm. definitely go to the New York Times and the Washington Post and see lots of reporting and lots of opinion against the Bush administration's mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, it was there. Now, I agree, sort of maybe ABC News, NBC News, like, you know, maybe not, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. I don't, I, I do, I, I take maybe your the point. Din was the din of those kinds of, yeah, America, yeah. fuck yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what, maybe that's, kind of shading what you were talking about yeah well it feels like i couldn't hear anything else over that din i believe that Uh, and i believe that and i don't think that i I, you know i don't i'm with you for part of that i do of course the the pitch and the fervor and the degree to which we reject other types of adolescent responses in our history Mm. is disappointing Mm. but for me right now, what is the most disappointing mm. is that the people whose objectives I share, I mm-hmm. feel are off the reservation. Mm. Like they, mm. they have lost their compass mm. because they have, because I mean, for a number of reasons, but I believe that they're sort of virulent and aggressive rejection of Trump's adolescence has made them, has brought out their own adolescent impulses. Um, and I think it's a bad cocktail. And I think, you know, this is the first time in my adult life where I feel like things are going to get worse for a while. I, I don't think we're going to see better soon. I really don't. I don't care if Trump doesn't get reelected. I think we're in for a rough ride. I, um, I am... Hmm. I'm hesitating hmm. about that, but the hmm. thing that rang true for me a moment ago was that yesterday I was talking with a friend who came up with this idea that what people need to do is really bombard um, Trump's Twitter feed with a bunch of things that would make him feel off balance. And I couldn't think of anything less useful mm. or less interesting <laughs> to do. Right. But I love right. her. Right. So yeah. I was entertaining and I was like, I just right. don't have that bandwidth that's like i felt like so much more attention personally for me but also what i would recommend my forecast would be take care of each other Mm. you're going to need to take care of each other you're going to learn how to love past differences you're going to have to do Mm. things that are going to make you feel uncomfortable Mm. but this tat for tat thing you know i'm like I'm barely on Twitter as it is. I'm supposed to be like trying to figure out how to like make Trump mad or upset. <laughs> this sounds like the adolescent thing to me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think there's this running thread through our culture right now too, which is very permissive of pettiness. Mm. Where, where, oh yeah, it's a mean culture. Yeah, right now. where we where mm. we really value the sort of. Um, the um, hyperinflation of an argument 
and the um and and making arguments that no and and make and taking positions that are unnuanced um that yeah. th- that feels very much of our time and place too and I without guess. compassion without yeah. compassion yeah yeah, yeah. All right, so we will close on both of those remarks, I think, because mm-hmm. um, we're coming up on time. I just I want to make a quick note. So when you hear this podcast, so we today we're recording it on September 11th, and we'll say you'll hear today, but you know you'll you'll be hearing this a couple of weeks from now. I just didn't want listeners to think that we were not aware of the date. Right. So yeah. um, we're good Americans. For- Please listen to us. <laughs> we're good Americans. Patriotic, masculine, hetero. Hetero something. Not <laughs> hetero. We're not hetero. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're not, we're not going to take your money and run. <laughs> we're not going to take might, your money we, and run. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to let, I'm going to, I'm not going to add to it. So. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Steve and Seth. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.